Miss Danny Luce, thank you so much for being with us on Hemp Barons today. Thank you, Joy. How are you doing today? I'm doing so well, and it was so great to be able to see you live and direct and in person uh, at NoCo Hemp Expo in Denver. Wasn't it wonderful to be able to travel and to be able to travel to such a fantastic trade show? It was. It was nice to be, actually be able to get out of the state you know, and actually see real people again. Really wonderful. And of course, the hemp community, if I had to pick a group other than my family, boy, would it be the hemp community. Yes, ma'am. You, my dear, are visiting the show today from your headquarters in Vancouver, Washington, the very southern, southern tip of the state of Washington, just above uh, Portland, Oregon. We've known each other for some time traveling around in these Pacific Northwest hemp in circles, and man, are you gaining some traction, gal. You've even already outgrown uh, your first location for white label shipping services, and that is the um, company that I want to start with before we get into Genesis Organic Assurance Testing Laboratories, or GOAT Labs for short, your other business. You're in shipping services and lab work for the hemp industry. And by the way, may I ask, hemp and other forms of cannabis or just hemp right now? Hemp and other forms of cannabis. We actually started in other forms of cannabis for uh, the sh- uh, for the laboratory, and the shipping is just hemp. I can imagine why, Madame. Uh, One day soon, we hope, it will be federally legal and you'll be able to ship that stuff around and across state lines. But indeed, just hemp. So tell us about, first of all, when did you open White Label Shipping Services? I opened in June of 2019 and did okay my first year. Um, You know, as you know, starting businesses, you're, you're usually don't make a profit your first or second year. And I actually made a profit both years, which is surprising, but I was really, really impressed with myself. And bravo, bravo. I, as you said, I am outgrowing this space already. So it's a matter of getting a bigger location that's got, you know, more storage because I'm holding product, taking it over to Goat Labs for testing to guarantee our buyers are getting what they're purchasing first and foremost. Um, as you know, that that's one of the biggest missing links in this process is that you say, oh, I need 50 kilos of isolate and you get end up with 25 kilos of powdered sugar. Straight up fraud and crime occurs. Right. But, you know, the reason that this actually started was because Dana, the owner of Goat Labs, um, bought one kilo of isolate during the time that it cost $9,000 a kilo, so a little bit ago, a couple of years ago, and uh, half of it came out, it could look just like isolate, white, powdery, fluffy, the whole, we tested that, it was 99.9, where it should have been, the other half of it looked like wax. I was kind of confused by that, I was like, well, okay, what is this? And it came out at 55%. As it was half sugar. Right, so this is a problem. And so I was like, so there's nobody overseeing doing QA um, quality assurance anywhere in this process. You know, I order something, I get whatever I'm, got, I'm, I'm given. And there's no recourse at that point. 
So let me ask you this, and, and we really want to make sure that we're going to take the listeners through what is unique to shipping hemp. Why would there need to be, first of all, a special shipping service that just focuses on hemp? So we want to talk about those sort of intake and quarantine issues too, but so that, so that I can understand, let's talk about shipping versus selling because it sounds like when you say I want to make sure that people are getting what they buy it makes it sound like you're selling a product whereas there's white label shipping services and then there's the testing so just a and I just explain to me when what you mean by making sure that people are getting what they what they buy how do you fit into that so I have a handful of clients that I've dealt with over the last few years uh again I I make sure that there's a QA process in place So they have their products that they buy from Joe down in California and they're in Illinois and they're like, okay, well, I don't know Joe, but I've got this deal going on. Can he ship the products to you? I say, absolutely. I quarantine those products, take a sample out of each one of the containers just to be sure, and then send those over to the laboratory to make sure that that product is what my client is buying. You are, in fact, a quality assurance in many, and I don't want to over overpromise you, but you're a quality assurance hub. You're a quality assurance facility in, in a sense. You're a quality assurance middle woman. Yes. And then on top of that, when I pick up those products from Joe in California and bring them up here, then let's say we're doing distillate. As you know, distillate's done in glass. of the time. What happens if you are shipping these glass products, let's do 40 liters, $1,000 a liter, and half of your product breaks on the way there. Mm. What guarantee do you have that you're going to get your get reimbursed for what broke or what guarantee do you have that it's going to get to you in one piece? And you provide those. I have insurance to cover everything from point A to point B. And then when those products come in, I have cohesive wrap that I put around the containers. Then I seal them inside of basically a a Ziploc, not a Ziploc, but a uh, vacuum sealer. So that if something does break during transportation, then it's completely enclosed. It's contained. It's not going to leak through the bottom of your box. You're not going to lose all your product. You can actually clean it and strain out any glass because you can go through cheesecloth or coffee filters or whatever, if you wanted to try to reclaim that. And on top of that, I have the insurance to cover that thousand dollar liter of distillate that broke on the way to you. Now, not only is that wrapped in cohesive wrap and then put inside a vacuum seal container and then cohesive wrapped again, then it's put inside of a box that's then put inside of another box that's wrapped with bubble uh, the popcorn all the way around it, top, bottom, sides, and then seal. So we're talking about mitigating. And in many cases, there is no way to reclaim, as you may know. In many in, in many cases, there are, and in many, there aren't. So we're talking about you doing the actual extra mile, super careful, quality, high quality shipping and protection to mitigate damage, mitigate loss in manufacturing, downtime for your equipment, downtime for your employees, late order filling, all of the things that happen when a when a disaster, but an unfortunately common disaster when you're dealing with inferior shipping, 
uh, that occurs when there's damage to your raw materials or frankly any of any of your ingredients or components when they are damaged in shipment. And I think we all know that no matter what what uh, industry you're in, and certainly it goes double for hemp just because we're, you know, everything is so unreliable and rapidly developing. Uh, it's not like everyone's planning so many months ahead. Generally, when you're ordering, you're, you're in a rush. There's a deadline. You're filling. You cannot afford to have these mistakes. So intake in quarantine um, for those raw materials, so you, you will accept them from the supplier do the testing, hold them securely. Once confirmed that indeed that material is, is meeting its spec and it's what, it, it's what the uh, end user, the manufacturer or the buyer is expecting, you then package it back up safely, securely, and send it on over to its final destination with all of its documentation. Whoa, okay, now let's talk about uh, ISO accreditation. Now, I certainly know uh, that Goat Labs is a WSDA, Washington State Department of Agriculture, and Washington State Liquor and Cannabis Board certified third-party testing lab. Uh, How about ISO accreditation? What can you tell us about that? So we haven't gotten our ISO accreditation yet. It's in the works. Being on the cannabis side of things, you know, unfortunately, there's not there's not a lot of extra that's available monetarily. So it's it's a matter of strategically planning that that those extra funds to go to the the accreditation. We have great staff in place now that you know it's going to be super easy once they get on board. Once we get everything in line, we'll be able to get them on board to do the that ISO accreditation. Excellent. Fantastic. And and as you know, and, and I know here in Washington State, which of course is where you're headquartered and, and doing this work, uh, it, ISO accreditation is not uh, yet on on the books as a requirement. Um, multiple states it is and, and various certifications, of course. So I'm so thrilled that GOAT is moving forward in that process. Fantastic. Um, and you'll be going obviously for the 17025. Any others to begin with? No, just the start with one, that. Yep. And, and we'll build from there. The other thing is, is, you know, once Washington State starts requiring uh, pesticides and, and heavy metals, and we'll bring those online as well. Excellent. Very good. Very good. Um, And let's talk a little bit too about um, long haul and LTL, less than load services that are available through White Label. So we've actually got, I've got a handful of truckers that I have on contract. So if we have biomass, which is going to be the, the less than load or even long hauls, um, we have those, those guys on standby. So if I need to send them off to Dallas, Oregon or Ridgefield, Washington to pick up hemp to be shipped across state lines, they also know that, um, they're, they're ready to go. They also know that I will have tested all the products before they take them across state lines. Secondly, they know which states not to go through. Uh-huh. <laughs> Because we still have difficulties with Idaho and Mm -hmm. North Dakota. Always shocking that North Dakota is still giving us troubles, um, you know. And and I say that because 
North Dakota was really one of the first states to be pro hemp, as you well know. You know, I the, do. the for, former president of uh, the National Farmers Union, Roger Johnson, I think is his name. Um, and I, I could be getting that wrong, and I apologize if I am, but you know, he's a North Dakota guy, just really a proponent of hemp that state over and over again. And yet, still, the uh, the conflation with the devil's lettuce while it's traveling down the road, I guess, remains an issue. And Idaho, of course, is Idaho now. I I, did, I was very used to saying the 49 states, the 49 states, what's wrong with you, Idaho? But as you know, too, Idaho finally did pass some legislation this year. It'll be some a minute before they write their regs and actually plant seeds. There won't be any seeds planted this year, I don't think. Right. And I'm sure it'll be some really backwards, ridiculous, making it impossible for the farmers you know, plan, but over time we will get there. We've got some really powerful activists in Idaho. Most, most states it's like that when it just starts out though. It's true. Most of them very much, unless you happen to be Kentucky or Colorado. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or Oregon, you know, really great, really great states. But but no, you're absolutely right. That is the way it normally uh, comes out. So very, very interesting. Um, how about the less than load? Less than load. Uh, so those those same truckers, if uh, we have a less than load, what they do is they will schedule a time when they have another pickup in that very that vicinity and then they will pick that the rest of that load and you know use what whatever space it is that's going to be for that and then they'll pick up other other sites along the way And let's talk a little bit about, again, things that are so unique to hemp. Uh, and we just really underscored a major one, which is until there are basically roadside, reliable roadside tests available. Oh, and they are coming. It puts law enforcement in an, in the position of being real curious as to whether or not that plant material in your truck or your car that looks just like the devil's lettuce marijuana and smells just like the devil's lettuce marijuana, is that marijuana or is that hemp? So fortunately, the, the um, full loads, so when we're doing a full load, I can actually put tape over the back of the truck. They do not open it, cut it, do anything until they actually get from point A to point B. They have uh, a COA that actually matches all of the the locking the locks. So the tape that has the same COA number, everything else, all of that matches. So that when they open up that that truck, they have the COA that matches it, and it says this is hemp. And you know these are the points where they are on um, you know below the marijuana potency levels. Mm-hmm. And so obviously not greater than 0.3% Delta 9 tetrahydrocannabinol. Now, but in addition to the COAs, how about other documentation um, that you folks carry, such as licensing or the, the source to, to prove to law enforcement uh, the source of that biomass? So we have a copy of the license of the, the product grower. We have a copy of the laboratory license on board, and we also have the COA. Excellent. The lab license, the grower license, all of the COAs, all of the tape, and are the truckloads insured? Yes. 
Fantastic. Basically setting everyone up for success all along the way. Just really fantastic. Um, how about storage? Or, or how long would you would you keep a product? Um, what what sort of any any stories or services around your storage and distribution services? So I have uh, the longest I've kept any products on hand was six months just because, you know, I have an air conditioned unit, everything is, you know, it's not um, climate controlled. However, we do have the air conditioning in place. I make sure that everything is locked up every single day so that there's no room for loss. If somebody's bound and determined to get inside of a, a steel cage, they're going to, but you know, most times it's not that easy. But I don't want to keep anything longer than about six months. I mean, our COAs last for a year, but you, as you know, and I know, degradation happens. So that's going to make changes to your potency of your products. Absolutely, it is. And potency and even things will start to con convert a little bit there, right? If you were talking about biomass, indeed. Um, and it also, you do product acquisition and sales assistance. So really talking about a full service uh, operation that you've going on, it's not just all of the shipping and testing and quarantine, all of those things. But it sounds like if white labelers or new brand owners or even existing brand owners who have had a supply chain problem, uh, they can contact you for assistance in new supplies. Is that correct? And new suppliers? I have a handful of, of <laughs> people that I am in contact with on a, on a regular basis, uh, suppliers for isolate, distillate, uh, CBN distillate, you know, things along those lines, just to be sure that, you know, if your supply line for whatever reason had gotten, you had a, a, a niche in your, or a, a kink in your armor that week, and your, your, guy that was making your distillate couldn't make it for you because his machine was down. I would be able to um, acquire those those products that you're looking for and you know tell you, hey, this guy's got this at this price. I'm more than happy to set that up and then acquire that for you and then ship it off to you. And what type of vetting process do you use in terms of those suppliers that, that you're working with? So those suppliers, every every single one of them have sent me COAs. They've sent me products. And even though they have sent me COAs, I then again take everything over to GOAT, have it retested just to guarantee that indeed it is what you say it is. That way the shippers is keeping honest, the buyers getting honest information, and everything goes to who it needs to. Excellent, excellent. And and as you know, with hemp, we're always looking for, uh, to the extent we can, and always in jurisdictions that require it, Washington State is not one of those jurisdictions yet, uh, but GMP compliance, good Correct. manufacturing products compliance, and, uh, and of course, any other certifications. Man, when you got the U.S. Hemp Authority certification, you know you're, you're all aces there, so fantastic. And then when you say sales assistance, um, would you explain to us a little bit about what that means? So the sales assistance, what I usually do with that is I will, of course, uh, get everything taken care of. I will basically be your third party individual that you send the product, the money to me. I test the product and then I send 
the the product to you and the money to the processor. Ah, got it. Excellent. So it's almost like, I don't mean to overspeak and use terms like escrow, but it's a, it's sort of a, a similar concept. Similar concept. But, you know, again, this is to help guarantee that everybody's getting exactly what they've asked for. So fantastic. I mean, really. And I have heard uh, from many of your customers and clients, Danny, and you go the extra mile. It's that excellence price. Ex- I guess what I should say is fair price, excellent products and services, but with outstanding customer service. And it is absolutely everything, particularly as we build and develop and nurture uh, these, you know, growing and and emerging industries with one another. It's just so important to have someone like you uh, on the side and the team, particularly of the small business or the new operator. And I know there's a lot of handholding that goes on and you've spent plenty of time (laughs) doing that. Yes. in, in not only in the shipping company, but in the cannabis testing arena as well. So the hemp testing, the cannabis testing, all of that, I've, I've, held a lot of hands along the way. Boy, you are something else, lady. Now, let's also talk a little bit here about the expansion of your endeavors into the big, grand state of Texas. Uh, What's going on with you in Texas, both in shipping, and I know that that's really sort of a a brand new endeavor that's moving forward, but the laboratory, Veterans Lab Services, Inc., uh, is, is... Ground has broken. Am I correct? Or it's going up? It's going up. So they're they're getting their ISO uh, accreditation. I've helped, you know, set things in motion for them. Basically, get gave them the footprint of what we're doing here. So I'm a quarter partner. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to move that forward and gain, you know, gain traction there too. Because me being here on the West Coast, I can't service everybody all the time, especially down in Texas or on, you know, the panhandle of Florida or whatever, that's so much closer to that Texas location that they can deal with all those uh, clientele. Absolutely. It's completely other region of the country. Absolutely. No. And, and Texas is, is huge. And at some point they will end up legalizing other forms of cannabis and not just hemp. Uh, but I, I'm actually pretty impressed with Texas's hemp program. I have to say they, they have not. Yeah, it, it really is. Well, I mean, and the fact that they allow on the books, the retail sale of hemp extract and hemp derived CBD and cannabinoid products as dietary supplements, you know, um, Washington doesn't do that. Washington does not allow us to market our hemp extract uh, or and that's Washington state for the listeners. I'm not talking about Washington, D.C. When you live in Washington, you say Washington. Right. And when you mean Washington, D.C. and you live in Washington, you say D.C. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but in any event. So, yeah. Um, I think that's going to be just a tremendous, a tremendous market for you. And obviously being able to enter it and come into it with uh, the, the expertise and the experience that you already have so, so valuable down there. Yeah. And I've been, I mean, I've been around the block for quite, quite some time. You know, I started, I I started with Goat Labs. Uh, Dana and I started that in 2010 as a hobby it became an LLC in 2012 with his army buddies. 
Uh, we became an incorporation in 2014 and we've done nothing but grow. And so, you know, I'm on that pioneer uh, forefront in, in that arena as well. Labs, and then you saw uh, the obvious need, the itches that needed to be scratched in terms of shipping and, yeah. and that quality assurance and that quality control. It's really fantastic. How about some stories? Let's talk about um, if you've got some funny ones, if you've got some curious, crazy ones, something that would uh, help demonstrate to our listeners some of the wacky things that occur. Now, certainly you've shared with us the, uh, God, it's just not that I ever want to compare a isolated cannabidiol derived from hemp with cocaine, but you shared with us the half sugar cut isolate white powder. Okay. So that happened. Oh my God. Anything other, uh, anything other crazy that you'd want to share or interesting, whether it's shipping or a lab story. Oh, lab story. I've got lots of those. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I had a client that was doing, light glycerin and he was actually trying to make a tincture out of glycerin so he was doing an extraction out of glycerin which people that have been in the industry know that glycerin and cannabinoids do not mix i mean they don't like sugar they don't like water and he was really upset because we were bringing in not even a two percent on on his on his potencies he's like i've put 25 percent flour in this in this product, tons of this, and it's coming back at 2%. You know, I'll take a scoop full of it and get high as balls. And I was like, okay, bring me in the sludge. And he's like, well, why am I going to bring you in the sludge? It's just the the gross stuff on the bottom. I'm like, yeah, but you're mixing this up every single time that you go to take it. And so you're mixing the sludge back in, correct? Well, yeah. Bring me a sample of just the glycerin and bring me a sample of the sludge and then bring me a sample of your mixture. And he's like, okay, I don't understand why you're asking me to do this, but whatever. So he has me, he brings me this. Again, the glycerin is less than 2%. The mixture is about 6%. The sludge is 30%. Shocker. Shocker. Of course, it's all in the sediment. What part of your cannabinoids are not going to bind to your glycerin are we not understanding here? Here's some paperwork. Here's the documentation. Here's all the information. Here's, you know, a white paper saying that glycerin is not a good binder for cannabinoids. What more can I do for you? <laughs> Poor guy. What Poor guy. more can I do for you? Um, I've had I've had handfuls of distillates that have come through the lab. They're, oh, this is tea-free. This is tea-free. This is tea-free. For those that don't know. THC, Delta 9 THC free. No. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, it is not Delta 9 THC free. (laughs) But good try. You know, let's run that back through the the, uh, HPLC column to to reprocess that, okay? Let's do that. Maybe two or three more times. And so to even to the point where the state of New Mexico, it's actually in their regulations. It is unlawful or non-compliant to use the terms, quote, THC dash free or really to otherwise imply um, because it is just it, it's such a problem. And and it's funny because and I just had this conversation with a gal that I grew up with in Waterville, Maine. 
Um, and uh, she's in a lot of pain right now. And one of the friends said uh, on social media, we're, we're a very close class. It's, it's funny. It was a small class and we're still very close. And we, when it's not COVID, we actually still have high school reunions every year. But in any event, um, she said, take some CBD. And my friend said, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get a new job. And, and she's in an industry that drug tests. And she said, you know, because of regulation, until regulations get better, I can't, you know, I can't trust that I'm taking anything because I may test positive. And it's really a two-parter. And, and so I communicated with her afterwards saying, you know, that's really a two-part situation. On the one hand, yes, it's true that because there isn't, and people would still, you know, break the law and be non-compliant and be out of spec even when it is highly regulated, but when there is a specific framework that really truly addresses hemp extract or hemp-derived cannabinoids, um, you know, that that will be one thing. You're, you're right. There will be more laws in place and more enforcement in place to prevent those types of misleading or fraudulent labels. Um, but the other piece is that it boils down also, and I know that you test biomass and products and not blood or urine like a, like a drug test would on a human, but as you do know, the cheaper the test, the less sophisticated it is. And so those drug and, and those drug tests, if they're inexpensive and generally that means the ones that your employer is using, they're not, unless you happen to work and you're a very high paid individual and you work for a, a deep pocketed company, they're using economy drug tests. And those economy drug tests cannot differentiate between cannabinoid metabolites. Correct. So your CBD will end up being flagged as GH. Everything is THC because the test doesn't know the difference. It's recognizing a cannabinoid. Speaking of that, we actually have a, a drug uh, screening place that's six doors down from the laboratory. And we have people walking in there all the time, walking into the lab to take their drug screen. Oh, I'm here for your analysis. No, you're not. Six <laughs> down. Yeah, it kind of smelled really, re really good when I walked in here. I thought it was really strange. <laughs> we test the plants and we test the products here. Oh but, my yeah, gosh. Yeah, we don't test the peas. You take that a few doors down. <laughs> so we're very much working for uh, more employee friendly and employment friendly laws uh, to occur here in Washington state. It's amazing. One of the very first states, obviously we were. Colorado and Washington, we were the very first state to legalize adult use cannabis. And we've had medical cannabis legalized in the state of Washington since 1998. But the employment uh, policies around that or, or laws around that have not really evolved. Meanwhile, you've got New York State right out of the gate, its very first adult use law, which was in the Marijuana Regulation and Taxation Act this year, with a just revolutionarily progressive, employee-friendly policy. It is literally against the law in the state of New York to discriminate against an employee for their cannabis use outside of work hours. There are some very slim exceptions, but such important stuff. In any event, I want one more story before we wrap up uh, here, Miss Danny Luce, and before I come down there to Vancouver to see what you've got going on and visit you, and I think that's going to happen here in June, but tell us another funny one because I know you've got some good stories up your sleeve. Yes, ma'am. So um, my boyfriend's mom, we've been dating for five years, almost five years now, 
And two years ago at Christmas, he outed me on what I do for a living. This is before I started the laboratory and everything. His mom knew I ran a test, an agricultural testing laboratory and that I tested for E. coli, salmonella, mycotoxins, all of these things, but not what I tested. Agriculture. <laughs> Agriculture. Anyway, so we're sitting there at dinner and his mom's talking about the neighbor saying, you know, she's using this marijuana hand cream. And, I, you know, I just don't know anything about this marijuana hand cream. She swears by it. She says it's the greatest thing ever, blah, blah, blah. And my boyfriend says, Mom, talk to Dana. She knows all about marijuana. And she's like, well, how does she know? He's like, that's what she tests at her laboratory <laughs> in front of everybody at the table. And that's how you, that's how you were found out. Surprise! <laughs> And what was the mom's reaction? Well, she was she was kind of taken aback by it. I mean, his mom has known me for 30 years now. You know, we, we've known each other for that long. But yeah, she was very taken aback at first. And then she was okay with it. She started asking more and more questions about cannabis and wanting to get more information. She actually uses marijuana hand cream now. And she uses some of the CBD salves, different things. And she's much more open to it. Um, but the, the whole thing was absolutely hysterical because like I said, you know, well, I thought you tested agriculture. <laughs> well, I do <laughs> very specific agriculture, but yes, I do. And a few months later, we actually started talking about you know, what I do. And I said, had I come out of the gate telling you that I tested marijuana, what would have been the judgment? And she's like, there would have been a lot of judgment. And I said, the fact that you got to know me again after all of these years and the type of person that I am shows you that it's all about stigmas. Unfortunately, you know, until somebody gets to know you, you're going to get stuck in a box if if you're you're just out of the box, you know, just out of the gate saying, hey, this is what I do. Well, thank goodness that your boyfriend decided it was time to come out of that closet and changed some hearts and minds and brought brought his mother on over to cannabis and to be receptive for all of the safe and effective ways that cannabis can improve her life. And it sounds like she's well on her way um, to taking advantage of the legal and safe access to those products here in Washington. Absolutely. Oh, Miss Danny, the outstanding work you do. Thank you for all of it. Um, and you know, one thank thing you for having me. Oh, my pleasure. For everything you do, Miss Danny, for all the hand holding that you do, but the outstanding and critical supply chain services and products that you provide. Thank you. Cannot wait to have you back on the show, Miss Danny, and we'll see you so soon. You keep moving and keep growing, lady. Thank you. Bye, Joy. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. I'm Larry Mishkin, and I'd like to invite you to join Rob Hunt and me on our weekly podcast, The Deadhead Cannabis Show. Each week, we explore the latest cannabis and jam band news and reminisce with other deadheads and jam band lovers about the great musical acts that we've seen and heard. Check out a new episode every Monday.